y dos, y dos, una, y dos, una, y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream, the podcast. This show broadcasts twice a week out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. And this is a special episode of Cortez NYC. All right, so this is episode 77. This is a special episode. Carla's not with me, just the fellas in the house. I got my two favorite men here with me. I'm Mr. Keanu. Hey, how you doing? And Mr. Ark. Hello. Back again, as we promised, a video game episode. So I wanted to do a video game episode. We talked about how to do it. We weren't sure. We were like, should we do a, re a review? Should we do something like that? I don't think that we are a gaming group here, really. I mean, you guys play a lot, but I don't know if you guys are that much into it to do a review. So I figured the best thing we could do is maybe we just make a list. We talk about our favorite games that we played. My list, obviously, is going to be way back in time. It's going to be ancient history. <laughs> It's going to be old games. Um, but I, I'm sure you guys have some interesting selections. And while we were talking about the different games, we kind of realized the age gap in them. Um, but I'm going to set it off with my games first. So, oh, you guys, stay tuned. This is the gaming episode. What up? All right. So I'm going to set it off with my first game. It's a 1984 game, a little game called Kung Fu Master. <laughs> so Kung Fu Master was, I would say, the first game that I got into when I was in 1984. I was, I was just 12 years old. And it was the first game that I really became a fanatic of. Um... <laughs> Sounds crazy, right? <laughs> It's amazing how games have changed, huh? Yeah. You see that? All right. Um, well, so this is a game that I would say, you know, it was the first one that I would like actually go to the arcade with my friends during like lunchtime, get all my quarters, and we would like line up to play this. <laughs> that was a fatality, basically. <laughs> all right. So that was the first game that I really would, would be into. And I was like, you know, Yeah, I would. I was so excited because I would go and see it. I was so used to like Pac-Man and and asteroids and space, space invaders like that, because um, a few years before that, my father had bought me Atari, and I would play that at home, um, and I would play all those kind of games. And they were like very simple puzzle games or shooting games, but very very like passive. This was the first time that you were like a kung fu master. You know what I mean? That you would actually learn how to kick. Learn. Listen to me. <laughs> that you would learn how to kick, punch, <laughs> foot sweep, and jump. And fight your way through a bunch of bad guys and work your way up to the big baddie and save the person and then start all over again. Um, it, it was exciting because it looked, to me back then, it looked realistic. Uh, it didn't look like a little asteroid or a little space invader guy or a little round Pac-Man. It looked like a person. It had arms and legs. And he kicked and he jumped and all that. So it, it felt real. And it looked like, like Bruce Lee. Like I grew up on those like Saturday morning kung fu Uh, movies and watching the old Bruce Lee movies so for me that was exciting it, it felt like it the music sounds mad cheesy I mean you heard it it sounds ridiculous and little wataz you know yeah. wata, wata. <laughs> it sounds silly it's a little bit racist but yeah. you know that's what it was back then and it, and it felt real um, this this is this game is described as being a, a side-scrolling beat-em-up game right 
So basically side scrolling, you know, left to right, up and down, and beat em up game because all you did is walk through the different levels and just punch people. That's basically all you did is just punch people. I mean, you had nothing else to do. Um, so it was kind of like Street Fighter, right? Kind of like Street Fighter, but Street Fighter came afterwards. And kind of like Street Fighter, but this was one player. It wasn't collaborative. Um, and there wasn't really head-to-head yet. It was just... It, all the games, at, at least any fighting game, was just like you against bad guys. So, you know, it wasn't... Imagine playing Mortal Kombat now, but playing it in story mode. You're basically going up the levels... Um, trying to beat up all the all the different bad guys. To so like a so like a ladder. Like a ladder, exactly, exactly like a ladder. Um, the I, like I said, the, the exciting thing about it, I think, for the time, was that it was competitive. So if I was really good at at getting past the levels, I felt like I accomplished something, like I was some sort of kung fu master, because that was the name of the game. And then if I, you know, me and you went for lunch at lunch our, on our lunch break to go play. It got competitive. It felt like, like, oh, he's better than me. He's a better master than me at Kung Fu. Then you couldn't say that about Pac-Man. Like, if you were playing Pac-Man, you were just better at Pac-Man. Or if you were Donkey Kong, you're like, oh, he's really good at being a Donkey Kong guy. Or, or Nintendo, like Mario was out at that same time. There was literally a Mario in the same room. There was a Mario uh, and uh, this game, the Kung Fu Master. And there was one other game. It was some generic game. But... You know, I mean, if you were good at Mario, it's not like you were, like, the best plumber. Like, you don't take pride in that. Be like, oh, I'm a really good plumber. I'm a plumber master. But but this had the title, Kung Fu Master. It made you feel like you were a martial artist if you were really good at it. So it was it was competitive in that sense. Um, I, think, I think the thing that made it boring eventually was that once you figured out the formula and you figured out that it was just punch, kick, jump, and once you saw the pattern that you would go up the levels... Cat, you know, rescue the girl, and then you would start all over again. But now it'd be a little bit more difficult because now it'd be instead of two bad guys, it was three bad guys, and and this time they would shoot a little faster at you or throw things at you a little faster. That you got bored because you were like, "Well, I get it now. Uh, you know, why am I going to keep wasting money on this? Back then, it cost money to go to the arcade like that, and yeah. and I was like, "Why would I keep putting my quarters in this machine if I get it already?" And then you know, you would watch, you would hang over somebody else's shoulder as they're playing and you would see that the levels if, if somebody was a better master than you you would see how the levels were and you were like yeah I've seen this already so after a while it got kind of boring but um, but that was that was Kung Fu Master that was definitely one of my first uh, games that I was an actual fan of um, shortly after that in 1985 there was a little game called Gauntlet which I think I have a little clip right here for you guys let's see Welcome. That's how you got in. <laughs> so, yeah, these are some of the sound effects of the game. Um, that's how you shoot. The key to open doors. That's how you open doors. That's when a door opens. <laughs> I mean, the games are so simple. If you hear this, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Little swish, like. <laughs> <laughs> but Gauntlet was cool. This was one year later, and this was Gauntlet. Exactly. And then this is the theme music. So this is what you would hear once, when like it was waiting for people to put the quarters in. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, the music sounds cool. The sound fonts are nice. It sounds like uh, Stranger Things or something, or yeah. one of these games. Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly. Ah, that's a dragon. 
<laughs> All right. Well, anyway, yeah. So that game, that game was Gauntlet, and what made that game exciting, you know, and it was just one year later. But what made that game exciting is now you had collaborative play. Um, it was a four-player, four-player game. I think it was probably the first one that I ever saw that was four players. Um, it's described as a dungeon crawl arcade game, a hack and slash fantasy theme. So basically, it's a it's a dungeon crawl because you're you're going through all the different rooms of a dungeon, looting, just getting treasure and getting food and, and potions and stuff like that. And it's a hack and slash because as you're coming as you're going through the rooms, you're just basically just killing all the demons that come at you, all the ghosts that come at you, and they just come at you and keep coming at you and keep. And it's I think that's another thing about it that you felt like you were overwhelmed because it's so many coming at you. And they just they just multiply and multiply and multiply and the whole the whole game is basically you have un- endless p- firepower, mm-hmm. so you have endless firepower and there's endless enemies. Mm. That's why it's just you're just constantly shooting, constantly shooting. There's no end to their to them until you clear the board, obviously. But they would generate. Um, they had little pods that they would regenerate. So that made it like that made it interesting because I don't think other games were like that. Um, the multiplayer thing was was definitely. I think that was like innovative because now instead of me being against you, we could work together. So let's say me and, and three other friends would show up after after school, we would put our quarters up and we would play as a team. And then if somebody else didn't wanna if we if we didn't want to have somebody else play with us and they jumped in on the game because they were there, you can't you, you don't own the game, you can't tell them get out. But what you would do is you would start hogging up all the food. You would start pushing them into the into the dra- into the demons and into the uh, ghosts, yeah. <laughs> and you would kill them. Like you would actually like block them out of the way so that they would end up getting killed, and then they had to like leave because they run out of money. Um, yeah, it is the stuff. <laughs> I call that I call that a sore loser. It's a sore loser. Well, I mean, what happens is you know because it was team play, and I mean it was costing us money. You know, you wanted to play with your friends, and if somebody jumped in, you would you would try to like bully them out. Um, but that made it. I think that made it also interactive, and it made it fun. I mean, I, I think that was the first time that I ever saw something like that. That didn't really exist before. Um, the fact that it was multiplayer also was fun because they had an elf, they had a, a wizard, they had a barbarian, they had a Valkyrie that was like a sword, a sword woman that she would like, you know, have a shield and a sword, and it made it exciting because you could play the different characters. They all had different special powers and, and levels of, of like strengths and that kind of stuff so I, there was a little bit of a strategy to it um also the other thing that was new about this game that i hadn't really noticed in other games maybe it existed but i didn't remember was that this one had health mm. made it a big point about health that you had a health bar and if you didn't get food and the the ghosts would attack you your health would start going down and it would start having this heartbeat like dun dun Dun, 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 and start saying like you know, uh, wizard, your health is low, and it start <laughs> warning you. So you start like panicking, like you were playing, you were like, oh my god, oh my god, I'm running out of time, running yeah. out, you know, I'm gonna die. And back then, dying meant that your quarter was up, and you had to go home. Yeah. Game time's over, time to go home. Right. Um, I think what made that one a little boring after a while was like it was a very long game. There was a lot of levels, and I remember we were good at it, and we would we would put our quarters up, and we'd start to get really good at it eventually because it was it was an easy to and it was a game that was easy to understand, so you could get good at it. And if you were working with a team, you could definitely get far. But after a while of playing it, and you got to like level 99, level 100, something, blah, 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 it started to get a little repetitive. And you were like, all right, 
I'm trapped in this dungeon. Like you felt like you were trapped in the dungeon because there was no out. It was right. just level after level. There was never an end. Yeah. I don't think there was ever actually was an end. I think the ending was probably just a, a, a kill screen or something. Like it was just probably like, stop. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there was like an ending. Ending. There was never like a final bad guy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, that that probably was one of my most memorable game, memorable games because I spent so much time playing in it and, and playing in a group. And then I think when we saw it again, where did we see it on Xbox or yeah. PlayStation? Yeah. Midway. It was Xbox, a midway. Xbox 360. We uh, we got the Midway game. Yeah. Which had a bunch of old arcade games, which just happened to have Gauntlet. So we all tried it out. It was pretty interesting. Yeah. Didn't that have like uh, it got other games like I think Xenophobe? It was another game. Yeah. 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 It had like it was like a Star Trek theme. So I, theme I remember when we when we saw that and we started playing it again. I was like, I got real nostalgic. I was like, man, I didn't remember this game. And then I looked at it. I was like, man, this looked really bad. <laughs> it looked really <laughs> weird. And like it didn't. It wasn't as good as I imagined. Um, but uh, but it's still it's still good. And they came up with different versions, right? They made they made updates. I think they had like newer versions. Yeah, and they like remastered yeah. it. 3D versions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. So anyway, that's Gauntlet. The next one is no big deal. You guys probably all know what the next one's going to be. It's probably something that you guys would be more familiar with than anything else. Finish him. Flawless victory. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat was definitely... This was the game. That was definitely the game. This was the game, guys. 1992, Mortal Kombat. That was definitely... The next big one for me. Um, so 1992, I was 20 in 1992 when Mortal Kombat, the first Mortal Kombat came out. And it was kind of like a, for me, it was kind of like a throwback because it kind of brought me back to Kung Fu Master. I don't, I'm just realizing it right now while doing this list. Like that was actually a uh, kind of like playing on my nostalgia of that old game and showing me now this new game and it was like it was like going it was like a throwback but at the same time it was a crazy update it was photo real to me back then it's not it's not photo real if you look at it it looks ridiculous it's a bunch yeah. of pixels but it was the first uh time that i saw a game where they took actual actors and took photographs of the actors pixelated them in the different poses wait really yeah they they actually used real real people and they photographed them. Damn. And then mm-hmm. they took those photographs and turned them into pixels in all the different poses and then animated that. That's why they, it looks semi-real because it's, it's not like somebody, it's not like, uh, like you're drawing Mario and he's got a big head and a little body and big arms or whatever. Or Proportionate. Yeah, no, this was with lighting and everything. They had like highlights, they had shadows, they had, it, it was based off of a photo. Right. And the actual actors that did the stand-in, I think it was one actor that did all the different poses. Hmm. And he dressed up in all the different costumes. Um, but anyway, I think this game, I, I read it on Wikipedia, it was saying something that Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat started because they were going to do a, they wanted to do a Jean-Claude Van Damme Back then, I don't know if you guys know who Jean-Claude Van Damme is, but nah. he was a he was a big kung fu movie actor back then, a martial arts actor. They wanted to do a video game based on him. They couldn't get the rights to do him, so they made a generic one and they called it Mortal Kombat. Hmm. And 
and then they invented this whole story behind it. I think when the first move, when the first game came out, there probably wasn't a big mythology behind it. It was just a fighting game, and you yeah. just were like, okay, whatever. I'm fighting, and I'm there's different characters. There wasn't really nobody really knew the real story behind why right. these guys were there and what's the tournament about and all that. Um, but the game was in 1992. The gameplay, arcade fighting game. Um, it was fun because it was head to head, and I hadn't. I know that there probably was other head-to-head games, but this was the first one for me that I really gravitated to. And I think it was because it was a little photorealistic and definitely because it was a lot of blood. It was all out blood and gore. It was the fatalities, the whole, you know, uh, that whole business, you know, (laughs) it was, it was like, it was crazy, like, and and the and because it looked kind of realistic, it kind of gave you an impression of like, am I supposed to be doing this? This is kind of like a horror movie. Like, am I really supposed to be doing this in a video game? Like, what happened to Pac-Man? What happened to like, you know, it's a bit inhuman. Yeah. <laughs> so so it was it was tricky because of that. Um, but that made it fun. That made it. You know, I was twenty. I was allowed to play that, and it made it fun. It was like finally adult games, and we could actually enjoy these games, and in an arcade setting because it was still in an arcade. I mean. Shortly at the same time, like shortly after they came out on, I think it came out on Xbox and I eventually got it on Xbox and I would play, I was in college and I would play with my college roommates and we would have, you know, tournaments and all that with each other. And, and it was, it was easy in a way because you could just randomly press a bunch of buttons and win. Like, it's not like you had to be really good at it. If you wanted to really be a master, yeah, you could learn exact moves and everything. But once people started playing it they just started like hitting random buttons and, and just that became the gameplay and with the regular people right you know and then eventually you had people and this what made it kind of boring after was that you had people that would they would do spamming moves they would just start to learn one move and they would just do that same move on you over and over and over again like foot sweep foot sweep foot sweep foot sweep, foot sweep, foot sweep <laughs> and they would win and you'd be like this is not fun <laughs> yeah this game is boring now this is not a fun game <laughs> um i remember one one of my college roommates was a real jerky he uh he, he kept losing because of one of our other roommates was like doing the spamming moves and he freaking threw the, the control on the floor. <laughs> Ultimate game remote. And we were like, what the hell? Like, what's wrong with you? I mean, it really brought out the worst in people. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that was Mortal Kombat. That was, that was great. I think that was like one of, one of like the biggest ones in my life that really impacted me was Mortal Kombat. It, it really brought out uh, my imagination for video games and, and my addiction because I remember I, I really would sit there and play hours and hours on that game. Um, all right, but then lastly on my list, and I'll let you guys go ahead, is a little game called Minecraft. And this is a whole different mood. <laughs> other than the other Finish him. Um, other than the other ones, um, I remember... Uh, <laughs> so Minecraft was 2009 and it was I would say I would say I, I got into it because Keanu you were old enough to get into games right and I saw you were into it and I was like all right you know let me let me see if there's something to this because you were like really curious about it yeah and I got hooked I was like this is actually kind of fun yeah um it was different because it wasn't like... It wasn't fighting game. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't shooting. It wasn't competitive that way. It was building, and then it was an environment. It was a landscape, yeah. and I never had played a game like that. So for me, that was different. And the music also 
Yeah. Aiden, you were saying you used to put you to sleep, yeah. right? Yeah, it made me feel drowsy. And I think I think that's what made me think the game was boring, and I think that's why I didn't play it. But I, I visually remember um, Aiden used to be complaining about it. I'm like, man, why is this music just so like, slow? man, this game is so damn oh. slow. And then you used to ask me, oh, man, why are you always playing this game? This game is totally uh, such a bummer, man. Man, it's not like Mortal Kombat. It's just All right, let me... Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Minecraft was uh, 2009. It's called Sandbox Sandbox Video Game Survival. Yeah, it's yeah, a it's sandbox. What does that mean by sandbox? So, well, you guys know more about Minecraft than I did. So well, when it's a, when it's a sandbox, it basically means it's like a creative mode. You can just build whatever you want. You can basically do whatever you want, spawn whatever you want, create your own world. It's okay. kind of like interacting with the environment, like uh, kind of like um, like building architecture and um, kind of like uh, building your own world. Like it's like Lego, but right. it's in it's in virtual reality. Well, I think that's that's something that got my attention with it because because I, my experience with video games so far had been pixel games. They were all pixel based, and Minecraft was like. A new world for me. It was like pixel gamed, but now 3D'd, because everything was made out of pixels, out of little cubes. Right. So it's same thing, same concept in my imagination, but now it's 3D. I'm in the pixel world. Um, I think that's what got me really excited. The fact that I felt like I was in in my video game world that I I remember as a kid, but now it's three dimensional. And the fact that you can go to different levels. You had the the the, the ground level. What they had the grass and the trees and all the water and all that. Then you had the the sub subterranean level that you could dig down into the ground and go into these. You could build your own caves. You can build your own things. And then you get into this other level. This what was the other place? The, it was the there was the Nether. Nether was a different place. The yeah. Nether one, yeah, and that was like a whole different universe. That took right. us. That I was like, how? Where? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like <laughs> we looked at. I remember we looked it up on YouTube and we were like, man, I wonder. What, like there used to be videos on the Nether. Like, oh man, we visited another and everything, and we tried it and then i remember um aiden was like look what i found well i i aiden went in right and then he got blown by a gas like a giant it was like a giant enemy that was flying in the giant like cloud looking monster yeah, and it, it shoots, shoots fireballs at yeah <laughs> aiden was so he was like oh my god and then he ended up dying and then uh, yeah yeah there was a, it was a pretty good era yeah i i think the the good thing about it was um, it did feel like it felt like you were camping. Yeah. Right. It felt like and, it, and you could play collaborative. Yeah. That yeah. was another good thing about it. It was a four player game. Exactly. So so multiple people could be playing and collaborating on it. You can go gather. You could be I, we could leave you digging around for like minerals and things like that supplies. The other person could go looting, you know, go to another cabin and kind of loot the other people's stuff. Right. Meanwhile, I could go and start kind of fighting if there was like creepers or I could go and start digging more caverns and start digging down below. The whole fact that, that, that you were all collaborating at the same time in this other world to survive made it really interesting. You could cook. Remember, you could, yeah. you yeah. could make, a, you can cook food, you can hunt. Yeah, yeah. using a furnace. You, you craft weapons and it, they, they break. Yeah. yeah. It was sometimes annoying, but it... it and, and then you would make a little treasure chests where you could store your stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. like, for example, that alone, it, it had, for me, it had a little bit of gauntlet in that because you you had treasure and you had, like, spaces that you would walk through and, and walk into and keep traveling through. But now it had a purpose. And you had a map. Yeah. So you could yeah. kind of see where you were and kind of 
place things in certain places. Um, I think the thing that made it a little bit boring after a while was uh, that you would build a lot of stuff up and then a stupid creeper would come and blow it up. Yeah. Yeah. That yep. was annoying. The yeah. mobs are <laughs> the mobs were like uh, kind of vicious at some points. The worst thing was as you dug down into the ground, those caverns underground have creepers, so they come and follow you into your house. Not even like you know that they're outside and they blow up. No, they're in your house and they blow up, blow up everything. Right. And that, a, that was annoying. And you had a lot of essential things like a bed. Like a bed was the only way you could skip the night, which is when all the creatures come out to kill you. You know which uh, other um, th- the other thing about it that that really made the game uh, kind of um, kind of downgrading was like you would mine down. Like if you mine straight down, you would fall in lava. That used to be another problem when I was a kid. <laughs> That's why they, they never told you mine straight. They never tell you, like, uh, don't mine straight down. And when you do mine straight down, you fall either to your death or you fall right into lava. Right. <laughs> I used to be so frustrated. I'd be like, oh, man, I don't know how to get past this. Then we saw the stairs um, technique where we dig stairs. Now, but now... I do think that it would be fun to play Minecraft again. I mean, you guys were talking about getting it again. I think it would be nice to see it again. I don't know if it would, if I would suddenly get back into it. I, I think it would be, yeah. a, it'd be a nice curiosity to play it a little bit. But I don't think, I don't know if it's worth it that much because I think we get it. I think we understood what the game was, and yeah. it's not gonna get better. It is yeah. what it is, right? All right, so that's my little list. Keanu, I pass the mic to you. What do you have on your list? Well, um, this is a game for. Uh... It's this is my personal favorite. Um, Which one? It's called Monster Hunter War- Generations, not World, but Generations. Monster Hunter. Yeah, this was an era. This really was a good <laughs> era. Like I really can. It sounds just like Superman. It does sound just like it Superman. It does <laughs> at the beginning. There it does it. Yeah. Now, this sounds like crazy adventure. This sounds like high adventure and action and frontiers and traveling. Well, the good thing, the interesting thing about this game was that it wasn't only an RPG game, but uh, it allowed you to to interact with the environment, um, gather resources, and the... The thing that caught everyone's attention was the design of and the, the setting of, of the, the different zones that were there. Like, um, the, you would be hunting giant monsters, basically. Okay. And um, I, I recall, like, on, like, I recall the online, um, the times when I would be going online. Um, it would be very collaborative. We would all be, like, teaming up. And being like, man, how do we take this monster down? Do we like, do we trap it, or do we do we mount on it and like like bring it down, or how how are we gonna work this thing? Right. And um, I remember it used to be hard for us just to to take like an entire dragon down. What what year was this? Um, this was 2015. 2015. Um, monster Hunter Generation okay. came out. All right, fairly new. Um, I remember the handling for the game was uh, was pretty it was pretty well. Like you you get to you know um, you you were able to you able to successfully mount on it and take it down and you know sharpen your tools effectively and you get used to that. 
and um, it starts to it starts to get to you. Um, but not only that, the soundtrack also got you too. I could imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I um, think I think that's something that I did notice uh, when we started gathering a little bits of, of sound of the games. Um, the games that I remember, the sound is horrible. None of them have anything good to offer as far as sound. Um, but everything that you guys select has really good music. And it's like, um, I don't doubt that maybe that's part of it, that the newer games have much better production value. Uh, they have actual mu musicians making soundtracks for it. Right. Um, the music, you can become a fan of the music as much as the fan of the game, uh, you know, in itself and the gameplay. Like... You know, you can go on YouTube and hear the music and, and all that. And it's, and I'm sure that the people who are producing this, these games are taking that into consideration. Right. All right, so what else about, Mon about Monster Hunter? Well, unlike Monster Hunter World, the new game for the PS4, yep. um, the old Monster Hunter games really, there was a charm to it where you, the player, um, has, like it allows you to focus on the, the actual boss-like monster okay. that's in the zone. Like, um, usually they, they have it in missions. Mm -hmm. Like, they, they would say, oh, well, you have to kill this monster. It's been destroying my crops. You're going to have to, you know, take this monster down, capture it or slay it, do whatever you like. Um, or they would have to do gathering quests where you would have to gather materials, but mainly it was hunting monsters. And um, the interesting thing about it is that it allows the, the player to, to focus and and on the actual task at hand and when you when you take it down after 30 minutes <laughs> after 30 minutes of fighting when you finally take it down you get a feeling of success that you actually completed something <laughs> yeah and the rewards are, are great like you get to carve materials out of them and like scales and and beaks uh, oh so you after you take down the, the the monster, then like you car like an animal, it's like you're hunting exactly, and you're taking the the, the skins and the things and yeah. you're using that. For and then you and then you use those resources to make armor, weapons, Got like you. dual blades. Got you. Like you can use a hammer, you can use um, a gun, like you could build guns too. Wow. You know, okay. That's amazing. All right. Um, so that sounds good. The com um, online the yeah. community is great. Absolutely amazing. Um, I've witnessed, like, I met some new friends online from from playing repeatedly. Okay. And the lobby, the lobbies are, um, they're not cancerous. Like, like in some games, like you know, like, um, let's say, like in the Roblox, like there's some people that are like, eh, it's just, uh, just a bit. Like fighting and obnoxious. Yeah, and, uh, it's very yeah. obnoxious. Yeah, like yeah, gotcha, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Like in this game. We all relate to one another, like because um, you guys are all like hunters. Yeah, exactly. So when when someone comes in, when you come in the lobby, right, and you're wearing like the, the chainmail out of a dragon, then it people shows, look uh, at that and they're like, "Man, I wish I was that guy." <laughs> and like, I can't even believe that guy took that monster down. Man, I I well, guess what I got? I got a big sword yeah, and right. I carved it out of a giant sea serpent and i was like damn you know so so everybody can see your achievements because you're you're either wearing them or carrying them exactly gotcha and like that's cool some of the people that have full sets like full on armor like um you could tell they went through so much grinding and fighting the same monster and and succeeding that they they even explain you like the the moves and like how they move they they say okay just watch out for this hitbox 
you know, like sometimes like uh, the monster would just, you know, try hitting you and everything. And they say, well, yeah, you have to dodge right and just have to remember the patterns. So the boring part about the, the game, well, not technically the boring part, but the downsides to the game was uh, some of the hitboxes on some of the monsters. Like um, the hitbox was basically where the monster would hit you mm-hmm. in terms of it swiping its tail or like or like um, if it like ends up punching you or, you know, biting down on you or trying to, you know, it's kind of like it's attack range. Gotcha. So um, the most annoying monster in the entire franchise, <laughs> its name was Plesioth. It's 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 kind of like a sea serpent, but um, it's it well kind of like a, a fish wyvern. Okay. Uh, wi- like wyvern, I think it's wyvern. Yeah. So like the annoying part about that was the hitbox and the fact that it basically sweeps you like really hard like um like it wouldn't make sense because you would be right under the monster like hitting it and everything and you would expect it not to hit you and it would still be able to and ma- it would still be able to hit you like you're right behind it so it felt kind of like a glitch yeah and then people were complaining like man this is so annoying like i've been <laughs> yeah, like this is a really high rank monster and you can't take it down and like you'd be soloing it right and you would be going the next you would go into the next zone right and you know that it's there it basically does this thing called a hip check, and what the AI does is it it checks if it's right if you're right next to it, right. and it basically steps to the side and like hammers you with its thigh. <laughs> so th- that's the most annoying thing, and it does a, a crazy amount of damage no matter what armor you have. All right, I didn't I, I didn't mean to trigger any bad memories. Okay, let's move on to the next list. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so what's next on your list? Um. So. <clears throat> the next thing on my list was uh, uh, Pokemon Emerald 2004. This was uh, personally my own first Game Boy game. Well, kind of like my, I think it was my first Game Boy game. So you, said, you said 2004? Yeah, 2004 it came out. Wow. That, that was his release. But I remember I received this on my... Uh, <laughs> That's <laughs> four, yeah. Two thousand four. Four, wow. Yeah. I was just born. Yeah. <laughs> but later on, um, I think I got this when I was six or yeah, seven. Probably. Probably around a bit six later. or seven when yeah. I got my uh Game Boy Advance. Now that was uh that was the first time I started, you know, getting into gaming and stuff. Okay. So um, tell me about this game. What's what's up with Pokemon Emerald? Well, uh the fun thing about it. Well, the first thing, first things off, um, this game was um, my first generation game. Like it wasn't, it wasn't generation one where you have, you know, Pikachu and and Kingler and all these other uh, and Bulbasaur. You know, it's, it wasn't Gen one. It was like Gen Generation three. What? Yeah. So it had like Trico, Torchic, all these other. Um, newcomers. Okay. So it, it was kind of like it was new. Um, it was my first game, my first personal game, and I didn't know what Charmander was or what Bulbasaur was. I only knew Trico, you know, and Mudkip and all these the but, three starters. So when you got Pokemon Emerald, you already knew about Pokemon. You already knew about the characters. Well, no. Well, I was just, this was the first time I was introduced to the actual games 
it's themselves. But what about the actual characters? Did you know the characters before? Do you remember? Um, do you remember? I mean, you might have been too little to remember. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't think I remember the characters. But okay. I did remember the Pokemon and everything. All right. So but, what do you got um, about the game? Tell me more about the game. Well, the fun part about it was catching catching Pokemon and collecting them and um, filling up your Pokédex and all this stuff. Okay. And um, there was there were there were beauty contests in Coliseums. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I know. That for the Game Boy Advance, it was pretty it was pretty um, revolutionary considering it's a Pokemon game. Okay. Because for the Game Boy Color, they didn't have any of those until uh, Game Boy Advance. But uh, that was a little nice touch they added. Um, the gym battles were great. I love the the feeling of you know the, um, trying to face this this leader, the gym leader. And taking him down. Okay. And um, I, I personally love the fishing in the game because there's like there's moments where you're you're fishing for for um, these creatures. Okay. And um, it gives you a, a bit of a, a nostalgic kind of feeling, um, just just fishing in general in the game. Um, okay. The Battle Frontier, which is kind of like um, the highest ranking, um, like uh, it's kind of like a battle tower. Like it was kind of like a battle tower, like you said before, with the, with the other fighting game. But oh, okay. Like you're going up levels and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instead, you use rental, rental Pokemon. So, like, it's kind of like it's kind of like renting, renting Pokemon and, and um, switching them out repeatedly. Okay. And ma building teams. It's kind of like that. But uh, that was difficult for me as a kid, and I never really got past it until later on, which, which was I think in 2016. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's a pretty long time. Um, I like how there were also secret puzzles in areas. Like, there were underwater, underwater, um, like, not underwater ecosystems, but more like underwater temples. So okay. you would go in and you would be, you know, solving puzzles and stuff. Okay. And opening secret doors, which is pretty cool. Um, the story, the story and, and cutscenes, the cutscenes were awesome. For some of the legendary Pokemon that were in there, like uh, Rayquaza, which was on the cover, um, that that was that was really cool. Like the cutscenes, like they were way ahead of its time. Like when what you look at it now, what are cutscenes? It's like the cutaway scenes from the game. Well, they're kind of like um, it's kind of like introduces like a new character or like a new um, creature. Okay. Like, it's kind of like it's kind of like a, a movie, like a mini gotcha. movie. Gotcha. Separating gotcha, gotcha. gameplay from. Yeah. Uh, like an like actual a, story. Got itself. you. Like right. the in between. Okay. Yeah. And the cutscenes in the game were uh, pretty revolutionary. I I still remember them. Okay. But um, the fun, the cool, the fun thing. Also, another fun thing about it was the legendaries. Catching legendaries as a kid was like catching a god. <laughs> <laughs> it was wow. hard. It was wow. really difficult. Gotta catch them all. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, I'm like, man. Like and now when I look back on it, I'm like, man, you're harnessing the power of these these immense, you know, legendary um, creatures. I'm like, okay, yeah. But um, the the music and the the map itself is nostalgic. It's uh, every time I look back on it, I'm I'm thinking of my early years in the 2000s. Okay. And um, yeah, that that was a it was a good era. Um, the downsides about it was uh, the catch rate on some of the, the legendaries. Like, it, the catch rate of some of the legendaries would be so low that you wouldn't be able to capture it. Oh, okay. So, like, if you keep throwing, like, Pokeballs and all this stuff, 
right? They it won't just won't get in. It so, just won't get in the bowl. So it'll feel like you're wasting them. Exactly. And you have to reset it and go to your save file. You have to keep doing that that's until right. you catch that's, it. Yeah. yeah, that was really annoying. Especially um, if you're young, if you're very little playing it, like that's gotta be frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why they call legendaries. Like now when you when you play the new games, it, it doesn't get that same feeling of catching a legendary yeah, anymore. Okay. okay. But um my next game is uh Subnautica. Subnautica. Yeah, Subnautica is is still what, a good game. I still play it. What year? Um 2018. This was recent. This sounds like an epic movie. Or, yeah. Like an adventure. Yeah. It was a it's an open world survivor um survival my bad, survival adventure. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's very atmospheric. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the, that's the thing, like these new games with the music like this and everything, that, I'm, I know that that would capture your imagination. Right. And then it, it sucks you in and then you start getting like into it. Yeah. And then nobody can get you out. The cool thing about this <laughs> game was that um, Go ahead. this was community driven. So people collaborated and, into making these um, biomes and, and they helped design the actual uh, creatures and stuff in the game. Okay. So it's kind of like Minecraft, like it, it's a survival open world, but it's not, it's kind of like, I think it's kind of like Sandbox. I think it's, it's not Sandbox where you're interacting with the environment, but you are building bases, underwater bases, which is pretty cool. Um, I, I love the beautiful environments and design of some of the, the areas in the game, which is pretty cool. And um, the underwater building, like, building underwater bases in general is completely awesome just go like parking your your vehicle inside of a base um really gives you that feeling of you know living underwater so uh that was pretty cool okay. um i really love the the vehicles in the game like they were vehicles called like the sea moth the prawn suit and so, so in the game, you can just switch around, go in and out of vehicles, and there was no problem. Yeah, it's, it, so it's not mandatory to actually build one, but I, I basically took gathered materials to to build prawn suits and okay. and underwater submersibles that's cool. and everything. Yeah. So that's a really fun thing to to do. It's it's like Minecraft. Like they have yeah. their own. Uh, it sounds like it. Yeah. They have their own minerals and stuff. Hmm. Um, the, there's a really cool thing called the sonar room, which it detects mat materials around you. Okay. So you use a sonar underwater to to point out if there's gold around anywhere or if there's any other materials that you need. So the sonar room is really awesome. That, okay. That's one of the things I love. Um, finding materials is also fun. And the animal behavior and, and scanning um, creatures underwater was also really cool. Because you get mini, um, you got mini, kind of like, kind of like um, cards, like not really cards, but you get information on these these creatures. Got you. So like little little text on on what they're about and uh, if they're lethal or not, which okay. is pretty awesome. Um, there are like there's like secret areas. It's like a really big map. So like there's secret areas around. Um, that you could discover like there's like there's like a I think a, a salt lake underwater hmm. which is pretty awesome um, and the, the, the creative thing about it is that there's also an out of bounds 
like out of, out of bounds. Yeah. Okay. And um, if you go outside the map, then it just gets scary as hell. Like mm. there's just these 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 giant like like sea serpents oh, wow. outside of the outside of the map. So like it's completely dark. And there are just giant sea serpents it's, it's outside. It's funny how some video games can, can capture your imagination to where it scares you. Yeah. And, right? And what they what the creators were attempting to do, um, I, I saw, like, information about it. Like, what they were trying to do was they were trying to keep cheaters from going out of bounds. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. So they, they placed these... these Sea leviathans outside of the of the map to fun keep fact. people inside the circle. Subnautica fun fact. Yeah, um, and also another fun thing that I love is uh, that they're making a below zero Subnautica expansion. So it was kind of it's like it's gonna be like an ice world. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. that's being built right now. Like it's an early access. I think it's on Steam, but I highly recommend playing it. It's okay. really good, as well as Monster Hunter. Like so, what's the downsides of this game? Um, so the downsides is, are, are that it's insane. It's insanely scary at night. <laughs> it's <laughs> it really creeps me out because when you when you look down right and you hear roaring in the distance, like that's signs of a levi- like a giant sea mon- like a, something big is around there. Like okay. you just hear the sounds echoing from from the the depths. So what happens if you get caught by one of those monsters? You die. And then what? <laughs> <laughs> Period. Uh, but so what happens to you in the game though? So you die. So what happens? You have to start all over again. You lose points. Well, you, well, you go back to you go back to your your the last checkpoint you okay. were at. Okay. So it's it's still traumatizing <laughs> <laughs> because I know for a fact that that this grips this basically affects the people that hate going in the water. Oh, okay. Okay. And everything. So it still gives you that that bit of um, what's the word? It, it gives you that 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 fear of, yeah, yeah. of going in the yeah, ocean. Yeah, it triggers your your personal Anxiety. fears. Yeah, 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 but yeah. it's still it's still it still is a really creative game. But um, um, the bad thing about it is also navigating and getting lost, and it's kind of glitchy. Like, okay. It's like there's some glitches to it. All right. But uh, yeah. All right, cool. So what do you got next on your list, sir? You have something else? The last one? Yeah, the last one that I have to say um, impacted me the most as um. Kind of like as like in middle school. No, it was in high school. Yeah, in high school. Um, it's it was called Persona Four. Now this does not sound like video game music to me. No. Yeah, <laughs> because it was a ja- it's a Japanese game. Um, <laughs> well, that explains everything. I played it. Well, just- shout out to my people in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, tell me about this game because this music does not. In any way, explain to me what this game is about. Yeah. It, well, it's not really a video game where it's like you. It's like a. It's not like an arcade game. It's a. It's like an art role-playing game. Like I like playing RPG games because it, it, it fills you up with the, with the uh, emotional or like a unique story. Okay. Like a, a backstory. And uh, this came out in 2011. Okay. But um, so this story, this story was about um, a bunch of teens that were in a school. And um, they were solving murders that were happening in the in that city called Inaba. So, well, it's not a city. It was kind of like it's kind of like a small area, like a small uh, district. But um, it's a fun and fun in experimenting multiple endings. Okay. So, um, like, there's multiple endings that you could get if you have different choices. Like, you make different choices in the game. So, so, so it's so it's a story. 
it's a story game, and you're playing a, per, a person in a story. You're taking on a character, yeah. And you're trying to. Well, you're basically a transfer student, so hmm. you're you're basically moving to that city, okay, just for just for a break. So you're you're moving into that city, and you go to a new school, and then you meet this whole cast of people. Got you. That help you on solving murders in that. Area. Got you, got you. Okay. Because there's just these weird murders. Is that there happen. is there fighting? Yes, there is a fighting in there. Well, it's like uh, not like fighting, fighting like like Mortal Kombat fighting where you're tearing people's heads off and everything. But you're. <laughs> <laughs> but but, um, but are you fighting for points or what are you fighting for? Just to pass a level? Well, you're fighting to get through the game. Got you. Okay. And also get through dungeons. So stuff. so whatever interactions you come into, you have to just. Yeah, like them through a fight. Yeah, like kind of like uh, Final Fantasy and stuff. I'm not sure if you guys know anything about that, but okay. it's kind of like um, it's kind of like if you walk into an enemy, like the battle engages, and then Got you it. start going through this Got whole you. battle thing. Got but um, they use like these characters use these these um, well not creatures, but more like uh, more like souls, not souls, but they were called they're called Persona. Okay. And right. it's kind of like their personalities. Got it you. represents their personalities and what they accomplish. So seeing them develop in the story and obtain these new persona really allows the characters to develop. So like if you're if you're bonding with them, then you level up your the 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 friend that you're making. Okay. So so do you only play as the main protagonist yeah. or do you also play as the other characters like you could play as the other characters like in a battle but you could auto play by letting them battle themselves like as ai got it but you could you could but mainly you're the protagonist and does the the game goes by days and weeks and months that's cool so it goes through the winter autumn spring did, so it's did you did you get good at the game uh yeah I did. Okay. Like um my friend um was was showing me like uh you know like which which uh, enemies are weak to what, gotcha. and uh, also the game shows you the weaknesses too of the enemies the different enemies they're called shadows, okay. but uh it, and it, it's a it's an interesting story like I can't explain it to you in in verbal verbal text. Gotcha. Because it's a complicated story it's very complicated. But I, I remember seeing some of it, and I remember seeing the trailer, and you showed me some of it, and it's not—it's nothing that I'm familiar. It's very foreign to me. It's nothing that I'm familiar with. When I see it, I—I I really didn't understand it. I was like, I get it, and you're explaining it, and you explained it to me when I saw it, but I didn't get—I didn't get the style of gameplay. I was like, I don't understand the gameplay because I'm very familiar with a game is either a puzzle or a game is you're shooting something. And that's it. <laughs> but well, this 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 feels more like an, an immersive story that you're you jump into the story and you're trying to follow the story through to the end. And in the process is the game. Well, the thing that really got me in in these years was um was it was fun. It was actually fun exploring town, okay. exploring the town, the mini town in the game, and it really allows you to memorize the different places that are there. So it really helped me open up to the world and like you know going into new pl going to new places finding new places like finding restaurants and stuff while That's walking cool. so, so it's kind of like an experience like you're experiencing this ad this journey in a regular town environment instead of a fantasy exactly 
mountainside. It's in a town environment with people, and it's kind of like yeah, they pretend also, reality. Like gotcha. they also have like little shops that you go to. There's a club. There's That's also cool. a club and stuff. But that it was really cool. All right. Um, the uh, also another fun thing was leveling through bonding with each character because like like character development and stuff. So it helps the player, you know, get to know these characters, and it really forms a bond with each and every one of them through each experience. Got you. So it doesn't only like make you just remember the characters, but it reminds you, it helps you remember them through their personalities, what they like, what they dislike, and you know, it it really it gives that emotional feeling. So um, that's really cool. And also, collecting persona and fusing them and stuff was really. Also, another nice touch that they use. Um, How many Persona games are there? Um, there's because you said this is Persona Four. Yeah, there's like one, two, and three. Like, I think the third one was like it kind of gives an approach to death, rather than just you know this. It, like the theme to this is happiness. Hmm. So okay. it's it's like kind of like happiness and you know being with friends and everything. And I think in Persona Three, it touches on death. Got you. And th that was a dark game, I, yeah. I gotta say. But it was really, that was also really good too. It was sad. Okay. But um, this game is, it's heartwarming and interactive and emotional. I highly suggest people who like, you know, anime and stuff like that and this stuff um, to play. It, it ties into the anime culture and the anime world. Yeah. Like, and that also, aesthetic. And also people who haven't played, they, they should give it a try at, at least. Okay. But um, yeah. The... The bad sides about it is, uh, as the days go by in the game, it begins to feel repetitive. Like um, the battle, the battling gets repetitive at some points. So you just remember, keep remembering the theme song. It's like, okay, this is again and again and again and again and again. And it's like, okay, like we're gonna keep Groundhog going. Day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but despite that, the story still keeps. The, the story still goes on, and okay. you still cho have different choices to choose. So that still keeps your, you, that still keeps you motivated to keep moving and see the ending. Um, and uh, one of the bad parts about it was that the game requires you to interact with sub non-main characters. What does that mean? So like, like the game, like it doesn't, it, it like it forces you to talk with everybody in a town to discover clues, to figure out clues. Okay. So you have to talk with every single person and yet you either have to wait for the person to be at a, a select location, like on like on a Sunday or something, like they usually <laughs> come on certain days. So that's the most painful thing about it. Like just just the, how the days go by and trying to figure out clues and waiting for that person <laughs> to be there. That so then you can talk yeah. to that. Yeah. That was the only annoying part, but that was only a little bit. Okay. Like I started to get lost a bit. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? But then uh, I started, you know, understanding more about it. Um, <laughs> the repetitive battling. Um, and uh, there's an annoying bear that, that that's in the game. That it he he's kind of like a tutorial, kind of. Okay. But he keeps making bear puns. Like uh, he's getting you're getting very close, and I'm like, what oh the? This is so annoying, man. And then I had to turn off the audio. Man, I, I had you, to turn I off the audio. I thought you loved puns. I thought nah, that was no, your no, thing. No, 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 no. I thought you were but the then, king of then, puns. But then it, it, like, it, it dies down more and it gets more serious. But at the beginning, the tutorial is so annoying. <laughs> you're, you're like getting into it and you're all dramatic and you're in the story. And yeah. they're like, hey, yeah, very so nice so to meet you. <laughs> so yeah, that, yeah, that mascot, it's like a mascot character. His name is Teddy. But it, but it gets more serious. And the fact that... 
he's it's not just a mascot it's actually like he's supposed to signify like a shadow which is like an enemy in the game okay. and through character development you'll see like there's like a whole big story behind it but um well overall this game is it, it's really interesting it's really unique i love it I, I i definitely agree and i and i the little bit that i know of it i do agree with you it, it, it looks unique i i can't say it's my cup of tea but i will say it's very well done it looks very stylistic yes and as a series, it's interesting. And I know they have a movie or they have a anime. Yeah, they do. They they made like an animation for for it. They also for Persona. Had... I think it was a series. Was it a series? Yeah, they also made a series. Yeah. Um, Persona for the. Animation. So I think it's really cool. Well, listen, uh, Mr. Keanu, thank you for sharing yeah, no your problem. list. These four games definitely are not games that I probably would have picked up to play. But it sounds like there's a pattern there in your adventure kind of themes. I think like Subnautica, Persona, Monster Hunter, like definitely I see a theme there. Yeah. Um, Subnautica sounds really interesting. I think I want to take a look at it uh, a little more because the way you describe it, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I didn't give it the attention I should have given it. I should have taken a better look at that because it sounds interesting, the whole Leviathan thing and all that and the maps and all that. Yeah. Um, but thank you for sharing, man. No so problem. let's pass the mic on over to our last man with the list here, Mr. Ark. What on earth do you have for us for this episode? So my first game uh-huh. is Batman Arkham City. What? Now, this game is serious. <laughs> and you can tell... <laughs> By the music. It makes you really feel like The music that. in this game is spectacular. <laughs> it's on par with the movies. Yeah, yeah as it you is. Can, like, they copy, like, that those deep synths. Yeah. Which is, it gets you, like, pumped while playing the game. And this game, like, the action in it is so fast-paced. And the story is just really, really good. So, so Batman Arkham City. Now, yes. before you get into your, your the rest of the details about it, right. this is a series of Batman games. How many are there? There, So it started off with Arkham Asylum. Then there's Arkham City. Then then they went back a little with a prequel, okay. which was Arkham Origins. And then they had Arkham Knight, which was the last one. And this... Uh, series of games was so consistent and they were all just so good. So That's a lot of games. Yeah. And so, you played every one of them yeah. and you finished every one of them. Yeah, within like a weekend. You're crazy. Yeah, it was good. Um, so Batman Arkham City came out in 2015. I was 11. Okay. Um, it is considered an action-adventure strategy game. Okay. Um, so what was fun about it was the story. Now the story was really, really good. It follows uh, the events after Arkham Asylum, and it's it's like there's a bunch of different plots that happen in the story, but it's about uh, Joker after he loses in Arkham Asylum. He he like tries to. Uh, spread his like he's sick so he spreads his blood to 
everyone. Like, like it's <laughs> it's a confusing plot, but he basically poisons everyone. Okay. And Batman has to get the cure. Okay. So that he can save everyone. All right. But there's a bunch of really good things about this game, such as the stealth gameplay, which was a really cool. Um, it was a really cool thing that they added to this game. What is that stealth play? Um, so there were a lot of stealth missions where you had to go and sneak around a certain room and silently take out every individual guy. Oh, okay, I got you. And there was a lot of strategy behind that because you had to think of a way to take out one guy without being seen by another. And they were always constantly moving around. And okay. if they spotted you, they would shoot you and everyone would know. Gotcha. Okay. And it, it got harder as the game progressed. Like there were like bombs on gargoyles, which used to swing upon and you used to like not be able to hide on them. So you had to find other ways to get past that situation. So it's like Metal Gear Solid, but you're undercover. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Um, so the other thing about this game that was good was the fighting. The close, uh, the hand-to-hand -hand combat in this game was really cool. It was really fast-paced. Um, the counter-attacks were really cool to watch. Like, uh, it made you, it made you feel like cool, I guess. Like, cause <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like violent, like you're breaking people's bones and stuff, but it was like, it was cool to watch. Cause like, you were like, man, like I'm doing all this. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but what, but, what buttons do you press? Oh, uh, you just spam buttons. So you spam X and and then you spam uh, square or whatever. You just keep attacking and you keep doing counters. Literally, that's it. But it, it makes you feel so good. And the world building in this game was amazing. Like you, you get to glide around the entire city. That's cool. The city. Feels I remember. I remember watching you play, and I remember seeing those those sets, and I. I I almost felt envious because I was like, when I was a little kid, I had the toys. Yeah. And if I wanted to play in a set, I had to make my own set or I had to use my furniture in the house and pretend that that was a set. You're here playing Batman and you have an entire city at your disposal and you can climb the city, go down, there, get in a vehicle, f jump out the window if you wanted to. You could do anything you want in this whole set. It was cool. Yeah. So the open world feel of it was really, really good. That's cool. Um, and there were there were a lot of like side missions and story missions, so it kept you very occupied. Like there was a lot to do, um, and there were a lot of comic villains, which was really cool to see. Like all those villains coming together. Like that's something I wish could be on screen, but it's so much that they fit into this game that it, I know it could never be on screen. It's um it's really good. I love this game a lot. Um, and even though it came out in 2015, it, it it's still I know, so old. So yeah. Old. Such an old no, one. No. <laughs> it, it's still a really good one, though. Um, all right. So the annoying thing about this game was that sometimes the fighting and the stealth got a little repetitive. Like, the fighting, like I said, all you had to do was just press, like, simple buttons. So it felt, like, very repetitive. You could get out of fights so easily. Um, the other thing was... After you finish the story and the side missions, you know, th there's not a lot left to do. And some of the side missions are so hard, you don't, you don't even want to do them. Gotcha. Like, once you unlock everything, that's it. So it's like, eh, it's all right. All right. Um, so that's Batman Arkham City. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. What else you got for us? 
All right. So my next one is Spider-Man PS4. Now, that's what everyone calls it. It's really Marvel's Spider-Man. Makes but you really feel like Spider-Man. It's, it's made by Insomniac, um, and it came out in 2018. So this game is also very epic. 2018? Yes. Okay. So, so this is the, so I was asking you earlier. So this is tied into the newer, the last Spider-Man trilogy. Yeah. So it's the story isn't related to the movies at all. It's actually more it's more connected to the comics actually. Okay. Um so this game follows Peter Parker as an adult. So he has a job. He's a scientist. And um, he, this, this game is really cool because it feels like a movie. Yeah, it sounded like a movie. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's very good. Like the um, the story itself is excellent. I enjoyed it, every bit of it. Um, and there's what what's more between the Batman Arkham City game you just talked about and Spider Man now the game you're talking about right now, which one is more violent? Batman. Okay. Because which it, one was more challenging? I think they're equal. And okay. that's what I'm going to get into. I think the reason I enjoyed this so much was because it reminded me of Batman. Like there's still stealth. There's still like silent takedowns really? and it's strategic. Like you have a bunch of gadgets. Hmm. You use certain webbing and certain gadgets to I guess like uh, sneak on certain guys like there's there's these web grenades which they have in the the movie Spider-Man Homecoming which you shoot them at a wall and it webs a guy straight to the wall like gotcha. in one hit gotcha. so you could get rid of guy you could get rid of guys really fast but you have a limit to how many uh, you know how many web shots you have got you so you had to use them wisely maybe you use like the ones that take out a guy in one hit on the bigger guys because all these all these different guys have they have like different uh so there's different types of bad guys like there's bigger ones or smaller ones there's one with powers ones with grenade launchers assault rifles sniper rifles so some the damage is different for each one okay so that was the strategy part behind it um, it was a lot like the Arkham series um, while still being unique because you got to play as Peter Parker. So there were times where you actually enjoyed to be Peter Parker. Keanu, you ever played the game? Mm, not really. No? So you could, what, you could what, be... I mean, it sounds like an adventure. What, what aspect of that adventure didn't you like? Well... Just that it's Spider-Man? I mean, generally, I, I look at the movie, right? And then I'm like, it's Spider-Man, but... When I look at the game, I'm like, eh. it's it looks all right. It's not like outstandingly good. It doesn't <laughs> like I I look at the movies and I'm like I've seen this before. And then when I look at the games, I'm like, I'm just gonna go through the same thing again. I'm just gonna verse the same bad guy like from the movies. Got you it. know. So so the fact that it's predictable in what you're gonna see. Right. That yeah. that makes you feel like well I don't want to play that. Yeah, it's not really like. I, I would expect it to be amazing if it was like you know, if Spider-Man has like a like a new gimmick or like some kind of like, or um, 
Kind of like a uh, or, or new villains or like, new. Yeah, I, I yeah, see. Yeah, what, yeah. I, know, I know what you're saying. I like, get it. Like seeing it, seeing like Spider-Man, like um, versing like the same villains like Doctor Octopus and everything. Like it just got kind of kind of repetitive. So I got you. So I I think I think one really cool thing about this, especially, was all the characters they brought in as well. Like they brought Miles Morales. They brought. Vulture, Shocker, Electro, Dr. Octopus. So, yeah, it sounds like to me like what you like is that they're bringing the movies to life for you. Yeah. That you can partake in the movie. Right. Right. And one one thing that was really, really good about this game was the swinging. And everybody brings this up in reviews that it makes you feel like Spider-Man. <laughs> it does. Because it's like the swinging is like it's it focuses on his, on his swing. Like it really emphasizes... When he lets go of the, of the webbing and then relaunches it again, and you get really close to the ground. Also, it's like the gravity of it. it looks, yeah, it's probably it feels the physics. like yeah, the yeah. physics feel very. You could really feel them, like they're right there. Okay. And um, the webbing is more realistic now because in the older games, they they made it so that when you shoot a web, it just shoots in the sky, like it doesn't go anywhere. But now you can only swing where there is something for the web to stick to. Got you. Wow. So now that's more challenging. Yeah. So now, like when, for example, if you're swinging through Central Park, right, you can't really swing all that much because the trees are low. Got you. Compared to the buildings uh-huh. where you can swing like really high. That's cool. Yeah. So that was cool, and the world building is also really good. Like. It feels like New York. You could see the Empire State Building. You could jump off the Empire State Building and swing from there. You can see the Freedom Tower, which is there. The Avengers Tower is there, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Um, yeah. So the universe is is really big, and and they're planning on doing more. So I'm excited to see what they got. Okay. Um, and the boring thing, just like Batman, you know. Once you finish the story, there's not much left to do except side missions, and those get kind of annoying. I'm feeling a pattern here, right? Yeah. And I'm feeling how they're taking your money. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, taking your money. All right, so, Mr. Ark, what you got next for us? All right, so the next one is, and I know everyone's gonna go crazy and and hate you and throw stuff at yeah, you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. It's Fortnite. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Not again. All right. Seriously? So, so, all right, all right, all right, all right. So so before Explain yourself. Okay, all right. So before anyone goes and hates me, um Epic win. It came out in 2017 initially and it is made by Epic Games. Um it's considered to be a battle royale while there's also a survival mode. Um it's a third person shooter. And all right, so let me just go into the things I really like about this game, and then I'll talk the about dancing, the things I don't. The right. flossing. You love the flossing. Okay, all right, hold up, hold up. <laughs> I'll get there. I'll get there. All right. So the fun things is the constant updates uh, always makes it feel new. Okay. So I think that's one thing that this game really does that games try to do, and it just doesn't work. Like Apex Legends, for example, which is a newer battle royale game that tried to compete against Fortnite. Okay. It was beating it for a while because it felt like more mature, but it just wasn't doing it because of the constant updates. They don't, Apex Legends and other Battle Royale games don't have the same updates that Fortnite does. 
Fortnite is constantly changing and constantly giving you new things to explore. Like, like what was this new update you just told me today? Right. So I'll. Uh, that's also in here, which is like collabs, but uh, specifically about updates. Right. It'll like, it'll give you new guns, new locations on the map, um, new skins in the item shop all the time that you can buy with an in-game currency that you you can either buy it or just grind to get right uh, so you could either earn it right or you can buy it correct cash gotcha so um the, back to the collabs now this is something i really really like about fortnite um so recently they had a collab with avengers Okay. Um, they had it back in 2018 for Infinity War. They okay. had it this year for Endgame. And then just this weekend, they had one for John Wick 3. Wow. Now, this was really, really cool. Because back in Season 3, because the game goes by seasons. Right now we're in Season 9. In Season 3, um, there was something called the Battle Pass, which is something you pay ten dollars for but you you can earn rewards for it um and the final skin was supposedly a skin that everyone was calling john wick and it just looked like john wick but it wasn't like officially called john wick so that was uh fortnite's way of giving the people a john wick skin without having the rights to john wick Gotcha. So now they had now they had the rights to John Wick, and they made an in-game event, and well, not an event, but they made a game mode, um, and they added an official John Wick skin. Hmm. So you have John Wick that looks just like Keanu Reeves. Um, the hair, the beard, the suit, everything. Yep, with a secondary style. So that's the other thing about skins. There's different styles. So there's one style where he's just regular John Wick with slick back hair. And then there's damaged John Wick, where he has his hair all messy, he has scratches. Hmm. He has bullets in his jacket because his jacket is bulletproof. Right. Um, and then they have dances and emotes, uh, <laughs> which are things like there's one called bulletproof where he smacks himself like he did in the second movie and all the bullets fall off of him. <laughs> um, so there's things like that that are pretty cool. And... I mean, it, it is. It sounds silly, but I could see it being fun if you're playing a game and it has all this little silly stuff in it and all these extra little features. Like, and, it keeps your attention. And the game mode that they added was really cool because they have... It's it's like the same old Battle Royale game, except it's a squads mode, so you can play with other friends and stuff, which I really enjoy. Um, and you go in and you start off with the guns that are from the John Wick movie. Um, which is the tactical assault rifle and the combat shotgun, um, which was really cool. And everybody there, it's cool because they made sure that everybody has a suit, which is kind of cool because everybody looks like a hitman or a hit woman. Right. Um, and they, all, they all work for the high table. Yep. And so you start collecting kills and everything, and the more eliminations you get, the the more coins you get. And but if you if you keep getting eliminations, people are able to see you on the map, mm. which means you have a swarm of people coming at you trying to get those coins. Because once you eliminate someone, you collect all their coins. Right. So there's a limit of coins you have to get, right? So everyone's trying to get you, and you're trying to fight off all these people. 
while still staying alive to keep your coins. It's just insane. It felt like okay. it felt like the John Wick movie. Um, so of course, like emotes, updates are great, skins are great. Um, all right, so friends crossplay is great as well. All right, so now I mean I'm that's get, I mean that's the other thing. The fact that you can play with your friends online with it and all that that's a huge plus, I'm sure, in right. the gameplay. And crossplay, because like crossplay wasn't a thing back then. So now you can now if you have a PlayStation and your friend has an Xbox, you can play. Gotcha. Now, that's a huge now if plus. your friend has a Switch and that's a big you plus. have just the phone, you can do that too. That's a plus on the tech side of it. Right. Yeah. So now the boring things. Um, sometimes there's bad updates. Like sometimes they have like, sometimes they put in a gun that's too overpowered and it like destroys you in like two hits and you'll be like, well, now I don't want to play the game because now if I don't get it, I'm going to lose. Right, right. Um, so that and then uh, there's the not so great players, which make the game too easy. And then there's the really good players, which they call sweats because they're trying too hard. Gotcha. And it makes the game no fun. Um, the other thing is uh, the fan base. All right. And this is where all the cringe comes from, where everybody does the stupid dances and everybody, you know, <laughs> is like, oh, Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite. Yeah, yeah. And that's most likely the eight-year-olds and the seven-year-olds, which is why people like and to the, play. And the grandmas <laughs> right? and, the, and the uncles and oh, the dads making no. dad jokes. All the, and yeah, yeah. And the yeah. dabbing. And, and all no. the parents trying to floss and do all these dances. And, uh, but that, that could get annoying, and I think it makes the game look bad, even though it's... It's really good. Like, people think it's cheesy, which it can be. It's a little kitty. And I it think can, that's why people prefer, like, games like Apex Legends and games like Call of Duty. So it's community-driven. Right. But it, can, it can take away from from the fun of it. The fa- it right, because then it makes it, it makes it not for you and your friends and, and, like, it's your world. Now it's, like, you, your friends, your world, and grandma and the little kids. Right, and right. so they do have to try to please everybody, so it is a little more cartoony for I hear younger that. kids. But I think I like the game a lot. I think it's really, I think it's really a good game, um, especially if you want to spend the weekend playing with some friends or if you just want to have fun. Like... That's the other thing. They added a new creative uh, section of the game where now you can create your own maps. Like Minecraft, you can use whatever the game allows you to have, all the resources the games have. Um, you can now create whatever you want and okay. create your own custom maps where you could just play with you and your friends. You don't have to play with everybody else in the world. Okay. Um, so that, and then just... Overall, this game gets really boring, uh, but sometimes it doesn't stay boring. Like, somehow it doesn't stay boring. Like, sometimes it'll get really boring. And then they have an update, or, or, update or maybe you have new it. friends playing, and they bring something new to the game, and now it's... Right. I understand right. that, because I, I have noticed that. Sometimes you've told me, like, you're over it. Yeah. And then I see you the next time, and you're, like, in it. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why are you up and down with this thing? What's yeah. up? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. 
That's different. See, that's a different experience than the old games. And I think the people that make games now, they have they have all this in mind when they make these games. They know that they have to make a game that's going to have replay, that has updates, that has cultural significance. They they have to make they have to invent games that keeps people entertained and involved. It, so, it's incredible. Something that has replayability. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. All right, sir. What is next on yours? You got two more. Yep. So the next game is Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Colors weave into a spire of flame. Distance box. This sounds like Disney princesses. This torch against the Epic. What is this? Search your soul and reawaken the undying So I had the same reaction initially. <laughs> and I was just like, what is this gonna be? And I'm gonna tell you right now. Yeah. When I got the game, amazing. Really? And you, you wanna know why? Super Smash Brothers, why is it amazing? Okay. So, the roster, the base roster, humongous. Okay. You got characters between. King D. You got like Mario. All the way to characters you, you, like... You, you play this also, Keanu? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have a main, technically, but me and Aiden have this rivalry. Why? Yeah, because he... Because um, he plays basically... So he plays several characters, but mainly I play King DDD, which is basically a penguin with a hammer. A very annoying character. Which is <laughs> <Why>? pretty... <laughs> Why is it annoying? Because people praise him a lot because of his... Uh, because there's a button, like his crouch isn't a crouch. It's just him side, like laying on his side. Okay. So it's kind of like a taunt in a way. Gotcha. So people say that's godlike. And it's pretty funny <laughs> seeing that. Um, so I usually use him and also several others. All okay. right. So this game came out in 2018. All right. It's a Nintendo game. It's a fighting game. Um, but most importantly, it's a crossover fighting game. So it's it's considered a crossover fighting game because you have characters like Mario with characters like Bayonetta and characters like Donkey Kong with characters like like Snake from Metal Gear. Right. Yeah. So you got like all these universes colliding, right? It's like Toy Story. You yeah. have all your different toys in the same bin. <laughs> the thing that I found amazing about this, about this game was how they added Cloud to Smash, which is from Final Fantasy. They added all these games together, which is pretty amazing. So you have you have characters from all around, right? And I think the one really positive thing about this game is uh, the fact that it's portable because it's on the Switch. Okay. So you can take this anywhere and then just, if your friend has a Switch or if your friend just wants to play, you can either take off the remote off the side of your Switch, give one to your friend, keep one, and just play right there, anywhere you are. Or if your friend has a Switch, and if you have a group of friends with Switches, you can all play, and it goes up to like eight people who could play at a time hmm. in one match. Um, another thing is there's strategy behind it. Like there's moves at the right time. Like you have to time everything. Because okay. if you knock someone off the stage, you have to charge a move. And if they try to come close to the stage, you knock them off. And if you knock them off, if you knock them out of the perimeter of the field, you get an elimination. Okay. 
So, um, I think that was one thing that really attracted me to get this game. Um, the fact that it's multi multiplayer as well. Um, and the fast-paced gameplay is kind of cool. Okay. Um, now, the boring side of it... Well, first, another thing um, is that the base roster is huge. And now they're adding even more characters. And they just added Joker from Persona. <laughs> Joker from Persona. Which is Persona 5, which is a game that Keanu has played. Right. Yeah. They just was... added the protagonist character from that game into a Nintendo game. I had a heart attack when that happened. <laughs> because because literally literally nobody expected this character to be revealed. Like it was it all came in a reveal trailer. And then everybody was all hype about it. They were like, oh my god, who would have guessed? And some people didn't even know who he was. They were like, who's this guy? Who, who's this guy? Joker from DC? What? And then, like, when I received, like, I received a message that night. Like, uh, my friend Chris, he was on Discord. He was like, Joker's in Smash. And I'm like, what? And he was like, Joker's literally in Smash Brothers. And I'm like, wait, Joker from where? Joker from Persona 5 is in Smash. I'm dead ass. <laughs> and then he literally, I literally really? looked on YouTube and Joker was in the game. I was like, what the hell? So, so, all right. But so then, so then you have all these different characters in this one game and they all have different abilities. Right. How do they even out the abilities? I mean, I don't. I don't know that Donkey Kong would have the same power as a guy from Metal Gear Solid. Right. So everybody everybody has their own ways of knocking other opponents off the stage. Like some some characters might have weaker moves, but they're really fast moves. A lot of the time the bigger characters are the stronger ones, but they're a lot slower. Gotcha. So they find a way to balance these characters. Yeah, I was going to say cuz how do you how do you balance? They there's a they people will make tireless like they like now nowadays like on youtube like people would make actual lists of characters like based on rank and and power mm -hmm. like they would have like like a rank a like a rank a character or like a a low tire character would be like alamar or those characters that people don't really use okay and um like a rank a character would be like like a top rank character would be like Bayonetta, but now Bayonetta's on the medium tire. So like, she's not really. So really, the the way you select your character is really based on your play style. Right. Um, it's the characters you choose are very personalized. Like you can actually personalize personalize their look as well. Okay. Um, so I think I think one thing about these games, especially fighting games and Fortnite, for example. The people listen, like the companies listen, even if they already finished their game. They're constantly listening, constantly sending patch updates to fix the game if there's any complaints. Gotcha. Um, so it's really like fan service. It's really up to the fans to decide how they want their game to be. I mean, that's that's amazing now, especially the new games, especially because there's online communities and all that. And there's, you know, ways to communicate with the developers where back in the day there wasn't. We just took whatever we got. Now, this is the boring part. Go ahead. Um, the multiplayer, like, is about the only thing, in my opinion, that's great about it. There's a single player mode, but it's it doesn't really attract me all that much. Like, it's okay. Yeah. I think it's a little too slow for me. It doesn't really have a great narrative for it kinda, me. It kind of acts like a game board. Yeah, it's more like, it's more like a challenge ladder. 
than it is a single player mode. Gotcha. Well, um, and you know, I'd rather I'd rather do you know local multiplayer with the CPU than do it with you know than do a ladder because I'm like you know at least well, the CPU I could change. Well, knowing like the it's not technically a ladder. It's like it's like a ad, I think adventure mode. Yeah, like it's, it's it it's, is like an adventure mode, but I I just I don't know. I think it's. It's not really for me. It's like you have to take different paths on a map to lead to different characters to get more things. Right. But I don't know if I like it all that much. It's okay. Yeah. But all right. I'd rather challenge myself with a CPU. All right. So give me your last one. What's the last one on this list? What are we? What's our closer here? All right. So the the final one. Yes. And it's a recent game. Uh, I'm gonna get into some spoilers. So Hopefully you do. If. You don't want spoilers for Mortal Kombat 11. Turn away now. <laughs> um, now this sounds exciting. Yeah. So this was part of a launch trailer that they revealed to us a few years. Not years. Sorry. I'm thinking of something else. A few days before the game actually came out. And this just increased the hype. Let the new era begin. Wow. Mission yeah. Impossible meets Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Mortal Kombat 11. Yeah. I told you that my, I, my, my experience with Mortal Kombat 1, we're up to 11 now. Yeah. All right, so tell me all about Mortal Kombat 11. Go ahead. All right, so it came out um, April 23rd of this year. Uh, NetherRealm Studios is behind the game, and it's a fighting game. Okay. Now, this game is really, really good. <laughs> okay. That's what you say about all I the know. games the, the minute you first get And them. this is my opinion, of course, <laughs> but this game, I really, really recommend it. Okay. Um, especially if you're a Mortal Kombat fan. Okay. Um, so, the game itself... Um, there's a story to it, there's single player modes, um, and there's a lot to explore in this game. Um, so that, uh, that launch trailer, right? Like the hype behind it was insane. And the main reason was because the Mortal Kombat theme was in it. Now they never you put, the, you mean what an old one? Yeah. They, okay. ne they never put that original theme in any game trailer. That, that theme is, you mean from the movie? Yeah. Uh, so it's the theme of the movie. Yeah, so the theme of the movie, correct. Gotcha, gotcha. So, Because um, I could play you back the original Mortal Kombat <laughs> theme, and it wasn't that. <laughs> want me to hit you back with the original? I don't think you want <laughs> me to ahead. do that. No. <laughs> um, all right. There's a lot of callbacks and references to the old games and the original movie, okay. which was really surprising to see. So they're trying to do like a mashup. They're trying to bring the old, they're trying to bring all the all the history of Mortal Kombat into one game. So they, they really embrace the movie that some people say wasn't that great. I personally enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. It's, um it's it was fun. Yeah. It was it was goofy, it was cheesy, but it was it was what it was. It was Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um so I think what's fun about this overall is there's custom characters which is really cool. That's something they introduced in Injustice Two that they brought back for this game. Um, so that means you can customize gear, like their appearance. Okay. Um, so you can customize characters' appearance. You can customize their move sets. You can include or take out some moves that you don't like. 
Um, so cool. it really makes every character is unique. Um, and every player who has the same character, they're always different. That's cool. So it really feels like... That's cool because, yeah, when we used to play Mortal Kombat and be the same character, it's like you're, pl you're basically playing on an even battlefield. Right. This makes it... That's cool. This makes it like it's yours. So now instead of like... Now, now maybe you're good at one move and your opponent is good at a different move and you guys have like more strategy behind it. Gotcha. It's not just punch and punch and throw and fatality. Oh, because I'm good at the... Foot sweep, foot sweep, foot sweep, foot sweep, foot sweep. I'm good at that. Yeah, that's the only move you use. Yeah. <laughs> back, back, forward, back, back, forward, back, back, forward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're killing me. Oh, they're killing me. All right. Um, the story is a time travel plot. Um, it deals with a new big bad named Kronika, and she merges past and present um, so that she can reset the timeline. That's cool. Um, so you have old school Liu Kang, old school Raiden, old school Shao Kahn, um, all these old school characters from like Mortal Kombat 3. Um, and they're meeting up with present day characters like present day Johnny Cage and present day, uh, you know, present day Jax. And in the first chapter, um, Sonya Blade in the present timeline dies. And Sonya Blade from the past, when she comes to the future, she realizes she's dead. And the way she takes that in, she's like, well, what the heck? Like, I don't, I don't want that to happen to me. So there's a lot of like interactions like that between past and present characters. That's cool. Um, and a really cool thing was the time travel element of if your past self gets injured, your future self gets injured. So it was like looper in a way. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, that's cool so, for, for a fighting game. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's interesting. The ending was what I wanted to talk about. Um, this really felt epic. This final battle. You already saw the ending. Yeah, yeah. I beat this game in one day. Nice. Nice. But it was really good. But So then what's the point? How, what's the point of having a game that you're going to beat in one day? So I'm going to get to that. <laughs> later but <laughs> later yes um okay so this final chapter was probably my favorite chapter in the entire game um probably besides the raiden chapter which had references to the older games uh like mortal kombat armageddon and all the other timelines um so in this final chapter raiden and Liu king are fighting and once raiden has the upper hand on Liu Kang, he decides to turn him into a god. Um, now, this version of Liu Kang is, of course, the present day um, version, which is a revenant, which a revenant is like a zombie. Okay. If you die, you become like an underworld minion. Okay. Um, so he turns him into a god and it fuses past day Liu Kang and present Liu Kang and Raiden onto fire god Liu Kang which is fire and lightning powers with Liu Kang oh that's cool and that this was really cool to see because this was just something that kind of leveled the playing field I guess because yeah Liu Kang never really had much and the the opponent is above an elder god 
Okay. She's like the supreme being who controls all time. Um, so this this final battle is insane. You have all the past characters, all the present characters teaming up, fighting a bunch of undead army characters, and it's just crazy. And Liu Kang shows off his new moves, which is insane. Um, and then, uh, you know, Kronika rewinds time. She begins to rewind time. And... Liu Kang now has to kill her, so they fight, uh, he kills her, and now the sands of time are left in his hands. So, um, this was really interesting, but now I'm curious to see what happens, because now so they they're- you on a cliffhanger? So, yeah, so the, the sands are now his to sculpt, and now he has to sculpt a brand new reality, hmm. which resets the entire Mortal Kombat timeline. From Mortal Kombat 12. Yeah. <laughs> so this um I you, was all right so uh, out of all these Mortal Kombat games do you think this is the best one so far that you've played um this one is definitely up there alongside probably with Mortal Kombat 9 uh only because I like the time travel elements that they brought in both of those games okay um okay so enough with the story um I definitely recommend you get it just for the story because the story is really good okay it looks really stunning. My my impression is my impression of these games definitely are you need to know all these characters or to really appreciate it. You need to know these references. You need to know you need to be a part of immersed in this. Right. It's yeah. got a lot of history. So when you're playing it, you're gonna see these things. But if if you've never if you don't know the backstory, you're gonna just be like, all right, it's just a cool game. But you're not really gonna know those references. But I get it. So I get the connection and, and why it's exciting. The gameplay is really nice. The um, it's it's slower, so it's more strategic, like I explained earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, the gore is insane. It looks hyper realistic. Yeah, I, I don't understand how they can continue to make eleven games already of so much ways of killing people. Yeah, <laughs> how so, they can keep inventing different ways of killing people. It's crazy. I would, so that's. I feel like they're just gonna use real people in the future. Just they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna attempt to recreate death scenes, and people are just gonna be like completely disturbed to the point of not getting it anymore so maybe so that's that's the one thing i thought was really good about this game the fatalities okay they're really easy to perform they're really cool and they're very creative uh for example there's one fatality with Liu kang right and there's references to bruce lee right which was really cool um he punches you like four times with fire fists that's and cool. they blow out chunks of your body and with then fists of fury he one inch punches you <laughs> right in the center of your chest and explodes half of your body. Wow. Um, all right. So I referenced uh, the crypt earlier. Okay. And that is something that can become very annoying because of the grind behind it. You have to earn all these coins by playing the game continuously. And you have to spend the coins in order to open chests to unlock all that stuff, right? But the the pricing on the on the chests are like six hundred thousand coins. So you only get like maybe a thousand coins per match you play. Okay. So you have to imagine that you have to play like six hundred matches just to open one chest to get a skin. It's yeah. like that can get annoying because yeah. you have to really work hard just to unlock everything in the game. 
so that's why now they added something um, where you can actually pay money to get coins so that you can unlock things faster. Well, that's what I was going to say. If, if there's other games out there that, that reward you faster, this game is going to seem like, oh, why are you holding back? Like, right. you, you're going to feel it. You're going to... So, I, yeah. I, think, um, I think that is annoying, but they, um, they just released patch updates to fix all that, to fix the prices and everything. And then the Towers of Time is also annoying. That's a la- uh, a ladder yeah. um, thing where, where you have like challenge ladders. But there is like unfair modifiers where they make the CPUs too strong and they beat you within certain amounts of hits. Like for example, there was one where you had to defeat uh, Cassie Cage, uh, Johnny Cage, and Sonya Blade. You had to defeat them all with one health bar. If you got beat once, that's it for you. You have to put the game down. You have to beat them all once, meaning three you have to beat three characters in order to just pass. No rage quit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that's that's something that was annoying. Um but overall I can still see myself playing this game for for a long time. Alright. This was a very long very extended episode. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for sharing all your stories with our listeners. Um, it was interesting. I think this was a good topic. I think uh, it was nice to have you guys here discussing all this stuff. I I didn't see the connections between all the games and all the generations of games. I think having this conversation kind of helped me to understand that a bit. Also, um, I think that games that we like, our, our preferences for games kind of shows in our, reflects in our personalities or how we see video games, what we think video games should be or what's entertaining. Um, and I think this is this is nice to kind of see that. Um, I think there's other games probably out there that we didn't touch on, like sports games, uh, racing games, like car, auto car. Like there's people that are fanatics about cars and auto racing. There's people that are fanatics about sports. They're, they only play sports games, right. you know, and I think that's something that we didn't touch on. And that's a different kind of personality, you know, and, and that's interesting about video games also is that. All right, guys. So listen, we're signing off. If you guys are still with us, kudos to you. You get extra bonus points. You just unlocked another <laughs> another level here <laughs> of the of the podcast. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope it was uh, not too long for you guys. But if you're still here, thank you. And keep tuning in and keep listening for the next episode. Until next time. Peace.